3: It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
4: This is Live Bet Saturday on v the Sports Betting Network. Welcome back in. Sorry, I'm getting distracted. We are live that Saturday, presented by MGM, uh, BetMGM. Again, here, like, the, like I'm just seeing... I'm sorry I'm getting distracted, but, like, I just keep seeing all of this nonsense. Again, uh, headline, Alabama, one game away from the college football playoffs. Uh, let's see. Alabama would be favored over every team but Georgia and maybe Michigan. Sure, that might be the case. That, from a power rating standpoint, that might be the case. Here's the thing, though, and we've talked about this a couple of times now. Maybe, just maybe, because we, we view, Danny, the betting market as like this pristine thing, right? That like, hey, this has got to be true, right? So, for example, Alabama, they'd be favored over all of these teams. Okay, sure. Alabama is one of the highest rated teams in the country. Alabama is also 6-6 six and six against the spread this year, clearly indicating that the market is a little off on the way that it is rated this team. And in true road games... It has been a team that is a losing record one and four against the spread, clearly a little overvalued by the betting market. Like, well, let's just we gotta stop doing this, man. We gotta stop doing it. So we'll see if TCU can hold on here so we can eliminate these conversations once and for all. I think that's really what you're looking for. Michigan, I look, I think TCU should be in safely, regardless of the results here. Uh, going through the regular season undefeated and your only loss being to a conference champion, if that is going to be the case. Michigan should be safely in again as a team that went undefeated in the regular season and only loss would be against a conference champion. Same thing with Georgia. So I think the top three should be pretty much settled and we know what's going to happen. And if that's the case, Alabama, there's no argument to be made that they would leap a one-loss Ohio State. Having said that, I thought Tim Brando, who joined us earlier, and you can find it up on the uh, Twitter account, Visa Live, said it well. You don't really trust the committee, but I would think, and we were talking about this uh, in the second hour, and I want to give uh, Brandon Marcello some credit because he said it really well, Danny, if we're going to do this where Alabama somehow leaps their way into this thing, I mean, that's like full frontal, corporate greed, evil, like, no, 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 we want this in here, we want this to happen, so we're going to make this happen.
5: Yeah, if it did, it would just be so blatant, it it would just be mind-boggling that they somehow snuck their way in there and just tells you Again, like just how greedy it is, how rigged it could be, whatever you want to call it, that would live up to it. I, I'm sorry. There's just Alabama had their chances. It came down to the wire. Guess what? Then you should have won those spots and you didn't. It's it's really ridiculous how much people are. And, and I get it. If you're an Alabama fan, obviously you're going to try to clamor for it and you're going to exaggerate it. But if you're like a media credentialed person or people on the team, like you realize why you're not in that spot and why you shouldn't be. And the fact that you're advocating for it so hard tells you that, hey, there are reasons why you're not going to get in and why you shouldn't be in. But uh JBT, I did wanna I wanna bring up one other thing. You and I have been on uh because you're kind of making me crack up how it's like uh, you know, you're the anti-Alabama. I, I mean I'm with you too, but it's just like on Twitter type of thing. And I remember you had the original battle with Michigan, but it That's just right, made man. me think. Uh, that's right. What what is your thoughts on Michigan after that Ohio State game? Because I still know kind of where I stand in terms of this team. Yeah, they completely outcoached Ohio State in the second half. Uh, they outmanned them. They looked tougher. They were disciplined. But I just still think there is plenty of flaws with this Michigan squad. And I can't help but think about some of the games in the past, like against Illinois, like against Maryland. And I, I don't know. I, I don't think I'd be putting my money on them. To overcome georgia or to win this thing even if you're giving me a decent chunk of plus money i mean if it was considerable sure of course but i'm just still not fully in on the wolverines what say you though
4: yeah look so i think when it comes to michigan um first off insanely impressive victory over ohio state that was freaking awesome right going in there doing what they did I still think some of the flaws are still there. I, I still think it's fair. Like when you look at that game overall, on a like a general down to down type of uh, um, performance, they actually didn't perform that well on the yards per play basis. They just got those five explosive plays, and you do wonder if that is going to be something that could replicate itself. I Think JJ McCarthy uh, looked good when guys were wide open downfield, but you wonder in certain games if that's going to be about part of the problem. Um, you know, right when it comes to like the sense of Georgia uh, and taking them on. But at the same time, and I was clearly wrong, when we're splitting hairs and wondering how they're going to look against the likes of Georgia in a college football playoff, they're, they're one of the best four teams in the country and they deserve to be there. Very quickly, uh, Daniel Yari versus Malia uh, Bargabos. I'm sorry if I uh, mentioned or butchered her name for the Dr. Pepper Tuition Challenge. I'll give Ooh. you first selection. Who are you taking here?
5: Wait, I hate to make you do this, but can you say the names again? Does that matter? Does
4: that honestly matter in the handicap? Is it going to make you pick Uh, one
5: or the other? Okay, okay. Well, because I'm a little – okay, I'm going to take the girl. Let me get the girl.
4: Okay, all right. So I got this guy on the right. Uh, Let's see. I don't know. His arms look kind of short. I'm not really loving that. I uh, don't the really thing, love the girls the pants. always
5: utilize a two-handed strategy. That's why point. they have so much success. Like this guy's going to try to look good and be smooth and throw it one-handed like a normal quarterback throw. Now, nah, I think she'll have it locked down. It's
4: a good point. The uh, the ego is something that maybe uh, does play into this. Um, <laughs> but we'll see. I would say that you're probably the favorite. I think uh, you the long arms, everything's going to really help her out here. Yeah. Uh, but we are head-to-head now as the Dr. Pepper Tuition Challenge. Do we do a live like play-by-play update on this? I feel <laughs> like people are totally into it um maybe i don't know i feel like this is something that people really enjoy uh regardless we'll give you the update momentarily on what is going to happen all right come on ref guy like we don't need the full countdown just let him start going (laughs) oh rough start for danny's girl though i got an early Uh lead here but oh no she's finding her groove oh right
5: so i see those buckets back there by the way they showed them like five yards back so yeah
4: you gotta run there and then run back up i don't know what the case is um but by the way, so our our TV scroll, it might be a tiebreaker. That's a good point, Elliot. Thank you very much. Um, uh, I, I can actually the screen is so blurry, I cannot tell who's in the lead or who's not. So this is a complete mystery to me as to who is going to win this thing at this point right now. Um, but we have, it looks like we have a winner. And my guy He's channel. Oh, there we go. What a loser. Danny, He's what are you ready. doing? What are you selecting? <laughs> Come on now. That's also a very poor Rough form. Start. So, very lucky. Uh, I want to note really quickly, too, and we'll get off of this because it, it is a big story and it's worth mentioning because, from a sports betting standpoint, there are a lot of people who are making wagers on Alabama to win this thing. Uh, you know, Vegas Trey t- chimes in on Twitter and says, you know, what's with Alabama hating playoff criticism? Uh, they want the four best teams in the playoffs. Sure, I can understand that. But then, what's the point of playing the games? Right, The the whole point of playing the regular season is building up your resume, and the part that I think is lost in all of this, because the only thing you have to hang your hat on is, hey, they'd be favored over three of these teams. Sure, that's true. Their resume stinks. They don't have a notable win. Their best victory is either that Texas win or the game against Mississippi State. And we can talk about the losses at the final play, but that doesn't really matter. So I think that's ultimately what it comes down to is there's no point in playing the regular season if you're just going to leapfrog Alabama in after suffering two losses and having a lack, you know, lackluster type of season. At some point, you have to at least come through when it comes to some of the results. That would be with my, right, um, what's it called? Hate, if you want to call it, or cynicism, <laughs> as it was labeled there. All right, with that, we look again uh, second half we're waiting for but TCU is going to uh, in this game go off as a two and a half point favorite for the second half matchup uh, and we'll see if they can get this done and also a quick update Toledo and Ohio uh, we are back underway in the MAC championship game this is a 10-7 game Toledo did take that lead 11-27 left to go in the third so this has become a low scoring type of contest uh, between these two and we have seen this in-game total uh, start to really drop here And we'll give you an update momentarily, but right now 39 and a half in game with about 11 minutes left to go in this third quarter between Toledo and Ohio. So we're going to have more of the ACC championship game coming up in a little bit here. Uh, We haven't really talked at length because you and I both have a play here. So let's go to the Big Ten championship game. Uh, Your thought process, Danny, on backing Purdue like I have in this matchup against Michigan? Because you mentioned the struggles, and maybe that ties into what you're thinking here with Michigan. I have my own thoughts, but why do you think the Purdue Boilermakers can stay inside a number like 17, 17 and a half?
5: Yeah, you know, I I wasn't too tempted to get involved in this game, and then I was talking with Matt Humans because him and I do the VSIM Pro Football Betting Podcast, and we were just talking about the Big Ten, and you know, because my Cornhuskers hired Matt Rule, which I'm excited about. So he was giving me props. And then I asked him his thoughts on the game. And he kind of really convinced me there in the sense that Purdue's playing with house money, right? They can, they, they don't have anything to lose except for the actual game. But that's not really going to affect anything that much. And it's not like there's a lot of pressure on Michigan. But you could kind of apply the same theory of, hey, if Georgia goes in there a little bit complacent, knowing that they should steamroll. And, uh, you know, LSU's a better team than Purdue. But that you're just playing for seeding and it's not so important because even if they lose, they're going to be getting in. They could get out to that big lead and then just take the foot off the pedal at tad bit. And they can really expand and open the playbook. And again, Jeff Brom has thrived in this role, as you alluded to earlier, what they've beaten three top three teams. Is that what it was? And just mm-hmm. a, a remarkable stat. And I realize everything that's happening in the background with Aiden O'Connell, which of course is. You know, horrible with everything going on with that. But, you know, a lot of times that does lead to some inspiration and just 17s a lot. And look, if Michigan wins and covers good for you, so be it. Wouldn't be shocking because of how how Harbaugh has his guys playing a lot of times. But this isn't like last year with Spencer Petras, as quarterback, right? Aiden O'Connell can actually make some fireworks happen and move the ball downfield, which certainly opens the door for a cover and a backdoor cover at that so I just thought 17 was too much JVT I really wouldn't be as tempted it seems weird to say it, but I wouldn't be as tempted to take it at 16 but 17 a lot of times the games can fall on that number so uh, that was kind of my limit to where I would play it and now you have seen it go down to like 16 and a half or 16 so if you kind of have that same thought process I'm sure Michigan Michigan will get out early and you'll get an adjusted line that will probably have over 20 if you want to get involved in that capacity but I do like Purdue to keep Keep it somewhat close. Maybe it's not going to look like it's close or feel like it's close, but I think they sneak in there.
4: Yeah. I thought so the number of course is uh, right. The number is part of it. That's 17 and a half that, that you grab. Also it's look, Brom, you mentioned it. I don't know if it's, Hey, three, and zero against top three teams, he is a good coach and a game plan that might work out here to get them inside this number. It's also indoors, which helps a team like Purdue, right? They don't have to go out there and play the elements. They get to play indoors, which is a very better, a much better environment for a team that frankly, can't really run the ball. Uh, wants to spread you out and throw the ball around, uh, not necessarily down the field, but just all around the yard. That's going to help them out as well inside of this number two. And that was a really impressive performance against uh, Ohio state, but I have a larger sample size of so Michigan. Um, not really kind of sleepwalking through a couple of these matchups. Uh, when it comes to some of the lesser opponents. But I think it's more about Brom, his ability to game plan, and being inside a friendly environment indoors, and the ability for Purdue to execute their game plan offensively and stay within a key-ish number, we'll call it, of 17, 17 and a half, uh, which was out there earlier in the week. All right, we'll take our break here. When we come back, start of the third quarter in the Big 12 Championship game between Kansas State and TCU, so we'll bring you down to that. And also, ACC Championship Preview on the other side with Eric Mulan, who's going to join us next here on Live Bet Saturday.
3: And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court, and what's next. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Store on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
6: This is live bet Saturday
4: on VCN, the sports betting network. Welcome back Live Bet Saturday. Um, so we are underway in the second half between TCU and Kansas State. An update uh, for our listeners, viewers uh, on the Vison Twitter poll. We asked, uh, second half, what's your best bet? TCU minus 2.5 in the second half. Kansas State plus 2.5 over the 27.5 or under. TCU minus 2.5 uh, is the winner. And uh, TCU has scored two points in the first half, albeit two points for Kansas State. Max Duggan tried to roll out of the pocket and do a Tebow-esque jump pass. The ball was smacked out of his hands, recovered in the end zone by a TCU offensive lineman. I would say that that looked pretty clear on that slow-motion replay that Duggan was not having his arm go forward. It was smacked out of his hand um, at the point, and uh, this is going to be a safety. Kansas State should take a 16-10 lead here uh, with the second half just underway. So a great start for Max Duggan. And uh, his Heisman hopeful, which was already kind of like embers as opposed to a burning flame, much like the color of his hair, um, pretty much dying at this point right now. But we'll see. And also, uh, playoff drama on the line. Let's bring in our next guest, uh, Eric McLean, who's nice enough to have you give us some time today to talk about the ACC championship. But I'm sure, Eric, that you've got your eyes on what's going on here over there in Arlington. Uh, what do you made of TCU's performance so far? Because uh, there's been a lot of mistakes so far for the Horned Frocks.
6: And you, you just feel bad because it, it's a team that, you know, has had to come from behind so often this year. And, you know, do they have one more in them? And then you see that from your quarterback, your your, your best player, and, you know, just a guy that you expect to, to not make crazy mistakes like that. And not a great start. Not a great start, boys, but crazy things happen. And uh, just quick question for you, who the hell is going to win the Heisman Trophy? It, it, nobody wants it. Right. Nobody wants the award.
4: I, I think it's a great question, Danny. I don't know how you feel, and Eric, we've seen before too, right, uh, with these voters, and uh, I'm not entirely sure when the votes are due, but recency bias is massive, right? It has nothing to do with the body of work. It has it has everything to do with how you finish the season. I would still put my money on Caleb Williams at this point right now, uh, but it's anybody's game, I would say, at this point.
6: Yeah, well, I think that's smart, because voting opened Monday. I'm sure half these people who, who uh, yep. you know, probably barely watched anyway already voted. They, they didn't even get to see what happened, and... uh Man, it closes Sunday, so we'll see. I I just wish there was a different rule. I wish we could wait until the full body of work was done, and uh, we'll, we'll see. But I think that's a safe bet. Eric, a main conversation
5: for JVT and myself, and I'm sure many other people, of course, is who's going to be sneaking into that college football playoff spot. We've been asking every guest, so of course we got to ask you, uh, what do you put the chances at of Alabama actually finding a way to sneak in? Because JVT and I are of the side that there should be no chance that they find it, but of course there's tons of people advocating that, hey, they're better than some of these teams, but they had their opportunities, they didn't take advantage of it
6: yeah let's just go ahead and strike an amendment up and get 12 in this year like what are we doing I mean it's crazy to look at it man when you know you got an Ohio State team that got beat to a pulp at their own game at their own house in the biggest game in the world weren't ready for it so why the heck are they deserving of a playoff spot and they're I think they're sitting right there and uh and are gonna do it you know because you get rewarded for not being good enough to play in your own conference game but uh you know, it, it's crazy. I hate that this is where we are when situations like this arise. Uh, you look at Alabama's two losses, and I know that two number is very important, and it's a big number. Uh, it's by like a combined six points. Uh, so it it, it stinks that, that we're in this situation where, you know, a team isn't necessarily going out there and earning a win this weekend, and, of course, my Clemson Tigers, they, they didn't do any favors to us either by, by laying an egg against the, the chickens last week. So we'll see, man. I guess Ohio State, they're, they're just going to stumble into this thing.
4: All right, let's talk about your Clemson Tigers. Seven-and-a-half-point favorite uh, against North Carolina today. Uh, I'll give you the floor on the analysis there. What needs to happen if, for Clemson to cover a number like
6: that? Yeah, I, I think it, it's really – about up front you know on on the defensive line of scrimmage you know interested to see just the approach Clemson takes defensively but whether it's three guys whether it's four guys whether it's five guys if they run a bare front you know out there at times that they have to dominate you know this UNC offensive line has, has been below average all year long uh Drake may sack more than any quarterback in the ACC at 34 times uh that they've got to be able to bring the pressure in establish that up front without bringing exotic blitzes and and keeping guys in throwing lanes and try to make him second-guess his first read where, bam, there's a split second you know, too long where where one of those big nasties can get him. And then on the offensive side of the ball for Clemson, uh, establish the run game. Hand Will Shipley the ball 20-plus times, allow him to do his thing. He averaged 8.5 yards per carry on a vaunted SEC defense last week. Uh, He he should have no problem on, on the worst defense in the ACC statistically um so so that's what you want to see from them and then of course drake may just to be who he is on, on offense for unc you know the heisman hopeful will he earn a trip to new york we're going to be interesting to see um but well, there's no doubt in my mind he's still one of the best three quarterbacks in the entire country it's just will that be on display tonight because we haven't seen that the last two weeks All
5: right, Eric, let's take it to the Big Ten championship game with Michigan and Purdue. We've seen this line actually move. Well, originally it went in favor of Michigan, as high as a 17-and-a-half-point favorite, but now it's kind of teetering down to the side of the Boilermakers. We know Jeff Brom has thrived in these spots as a huge underdog. I'm not so sure if that's going to happen this time, but do you think they can at least make it competitive in this spot?
6: Yeah, you you know, it's going to be interesting, man. I mean, I saw this Purdue team throw for – you know, 450 yards on a Syracuse defense that we thought had a really good secondary, but they, they had time. Uh, I'm not sure if that's going to be the case, you know, against this really good Michigan defense against a team that has thrived on physicality, that again, line of scrimmage, how important that is in championship ball. I, I think they get a little overwhelmed here and Michigan looks really good going into Sunday.
4: A real quick update. Um, Just a couple of plays, big plays at that. Kansas State has found their way into the end zone. 20-10 to with an extra point coming here in this matchup against TCU. We should update our audience. Uh, That fumble that was recovered for safety uh, was ruled that it was actually an incomplete pass, so TCU did punt the ball back away because that was going to be a fourth down. Kansas State makes the most of it, and they're into the end zone and have a 10-point lead with an extra point coming in this matchup out there in Arlington. Uh, Eric, I wanted to go back uh, to to Clemson really quickly and and get your thoughts on this because – I think what's really interesting about the Tigers so far and the way that the season has come is like there's been a lot of fingers easily pointed at the quarterback play. Is that been the biggest right. issue for Clemson so far? Because like, I see a secondary that's given up some big play at times against some opponents, right? South Carolina, Wake Forest, uh, Syracuse at times, in those games, those stick out to me. I just feel like there's a lot of holes to fill here if you're Clemson, and it's not just as easy as saying, ah, DJU, that's the problem.
6: Yeah, I, man, I think that it, it, it's such a snowball effect right now for clemson and, and and it's easy to say quarterback you know that, that that's what an, an average viewer that someone that, that you know hasn't been a, a lot of time around the game it, it's easy to sit there and say when when you look at a stat sheet and the guy is you know eight of 29 uh yeah, that's bad that's not good uh but certainly needs some help around him hitting guys in the chest hitting guys in the face mask with the football not coming down with it that that Hurts your confidence. That that hurts what you can do and the flow of the game and the way you call a game. All those different things. So you know, I, I think if there's a, the the biggest thing, it, it's just really quarterback play and then wide receivers not helping them out uh, at, at all. So you know, certainly something that you want to see that be you know kind of corrected. And, and in this day and age, uh, you know, the, the transfer portal is alive and well. A Clemson team could go in there and find a couple of guys if they think that's the the route best for them. Uh, and and really get some instant relief in that position for next season.
5: Eric, from a former player perspective – How do things kind of alter when it comes to these type of games, whether it's game planning mentality, because it's better as we kind of try to get into the minds of a lot of these players and, you know, try to understand the magnitude and how much whatever they're playing for means. For example, I mean, you know, Georgia playing for seeding, but they're a huge favorite. But even in the example with Clemson and North Carolina, not playing for the playoff spot, but for the conference championship, how does that alter from the player's perspective based on regular games? Yeah,
6: man, it, it, it's every game is so much more important when there's a trophy involved, when there's a title involved, when there's a ring involved, man. You, you want to go out there and absolutely put on, you know, your your best uh, your best look there and, and be able to dominate your opponent. And, and for me, man, preparing for that game, you know, for us, it was the first time we'd done it in a while at Clemson in 2015, and uh, we, it was just important to, to to have ownership of the league and to say we are the best here. We we deserve you know, X credit and, and the things that we can do here for North Carolina team. Man, they haven't won it since 1980. You think those guys aren't hungry? You think they're not will, really and, uh, you know, ready for this this opportunity? So they're going to be dialed up. They're going to be jacked up. Throw everything that happened in the season away because th- this is a season of its own, man. It's championship time, and uh, those guys got to be ready to play on each side.
4: ACC Network ESPN analyst Eric McLean and a uh, former Clemson uh, Tiger Eric, we appreciate some time. Thank you very much, sir. Uh, enjoy the rest of the games today.
6: No doubt. Happy betting, guys. We'll see y'all.
4: Yeah, you got it. A Quick update. Yes. Yeah, so that is a, a 21-10 lead, and also uh, TCU called for an unsportsmanlike conduct on that touchdown allowed. Um, so right now, everything going poorly for TCU, but still, uh, for as poorly as everything is gone, only an 11-point deficit with 12-19 left to go in the third. But uh, you don't like to see a four-play, 62-yard drive Uh, right after what looked like was going to be a a tragic end to a first drive for you here in the second half. Uh, All right, the verdict is yours. Last 30 seconds, you saw the picture. I am spot on with this (laughs) Max Duggan comparison, am I not?
5: No, I, I think you nailed it. I, I didn't know who you are talking about at first with the social media guy, but now I understand it. I think the eyes and the eyebrows are really where you get the similarities. Absolutely. So uh, I, I see what path you were taking there.
4: All right, we'll give you a scoreboard update on the MAC championship as uh, this has been somewhat boring. It's a 10-7 game, still in favor. Toledo, 745 left to go in third. Continue looking at everything else coming up in championship weekend. Of course, we have a lot of other games in other sports, too. It's coming back here on Live Bet Saturday.
6: Saturday on v
4: the sports betting network. Welcome back. It's hey, some news for you, by the way. So, uh, Vsin Cyber Monday sale, it's been extended. So check that out. Sign up today. Become a Vsin Pro subscriber. You're going to get daily recaps of the top plays and much more. And new pro annual subscribers get a $30 credit to the Vsin store. It's a great spot for holiday gifts. Check it out now. Extended Cyber Monday offer won't last long. Hit up v slash subscribe. I hurried through that uh, because we got a game, baby. A muffed punt by Kansas State. TCU recovers three plays later. Horned Frogs on a Kendra Miller six-yard touchdown rush are now back in this thing. 21-16 to 16 with the extra point coming up here or two-point conversion attempt, whatever they feel like doing. But just like that, in the snap of a finger, Danny, TCU is alive yet again.
5: Talk about uh, desperation and needing it. My goodness, sometimes the best defense results in the best offense. <laughs> you couldn't have asked for a better situation. And it wasn't like there was even a guy around the punt return. He literally just dropped it. It just slipped out of his reach. And luckily TCU fell on top of it. And even though it was kind of, you could say a a cheap way to get back in possession and set up in scoring position, it doesn't matter because it still counts the same. And we talk about momentum and you needed a spark and TCU finally Hmm. got one. It it was a team that just had no answers whatsoever, JBT. And now that you got that boost, Let's see if that sparks this kind of confidence that we've seen the whole year when they've trailed in these type of situations.
4: Uh, We'll call them Ball S Sports, one of my favorite Twitter accounts um, that is out there. Good tweet, though. Alabama season might have just ended on a muffed punt. So, solid tweet. (laughs) Solid tweet. Uh, But right now, in-game-wise, as we are looking around, because K-State, of course, was a solid favorite, still favorite, uh, but three and a half is the spread here with a total of 61 and a half for this game. And right now, for the important thing, as we talked about for our v Sin voters up on the poll, um, tied in the second half. Touchdown for each team. So, again, TCU was a two-and-a-half point favorite in the second half, um, and that total was, what, 27 and a half if I remember correctly? So, uh, we do have yeah. some scores, yeah, 27 and a half for a second-half total. So we'll keep an eye on that, of course, from a second-half standpoint. But TCU alive again. And, Danny, to your point, again, like why it'd kind of be looking in the TCU direction potentially, outside of that first drive for Kansas State in the third quarter, TCU defensively has been doing what it needs to do to keep its team in here, right? Like defensively holding up Deuce Vaughn in this Kansas State running attack, specifically on those short yardage situations where they try to convert on a fourth down, uh, bottling up, for the most part, big play opportunities for K-State. It has been a... Uh, a valiant effort so far for TCU's defense. Now it's just this offense that needs to keep it going. And of course, it's only a four-point game. TCU by no means dead, but why you would feel still like fine if you're like somebody like us who pre-flop was in on TCU or went in second half on TCU, there's some some opportunities there that make you think that this team's still going to get in this. You just got to get Duggan to perform a little bit better
5: exactly you kind of just got to break the seal of getting that first first down yeah. on their possessions and once they do then you see that rhythm develop uh you're right though the defense obviously after that punt, uh, you know that wasn't great but it's it's kind of inevitable that kansas state is going to get those opportunities it's a bend do break mentality with the defense and they have been holding their end of the bargain it's just that the offense as you mentioned hasn't been doing it themselves so uh, we'll see what kind of spark can result from this and look I feel like we have been in this role several times. When you back an underdog like Kansas State, I know you and I said we're feeling pretty fine. I feel like if you're back in Kansas State right now, you're feeling a little bit nervous because when things start to go against you, like that muffed punt when nobody was around and just an immediate score and you're in that underdog role and you know TCU's done it several times. I think you're a little bit nervous here. So plus 145 is what you're seeing with TCU on the money line. And I know you noted it, but plus three and a half is what you can catch with the Horned Frogs on the spread. I'd honestly, if I were going to do anything, I feel like just I would go money line if you like TCU for a little bit better value at plus 145 because you're laying minus a buck 20. If you do think uh, that they are going to cover three in the hook. And realistically, I don't think TCU settling for field goals here. So uh, if you do like TCU, yeah, I kind of like that price at plus 145.
4: Uh, other updates. So uh, Toledo did go for it on a fourth down in the red zone. They were inside the 10-yard line, essentially. And um, that play was snuffed out. Really not snuffed out. Quarterback fell down in the backfield. Uh, but – Ohio didn't do anything with it, so Toledo now back has this. Uh, they are 10 7 and a big run here. They are at about midfield in this MAC championship game. Still, that 10 7 score at a low scoring, and I'll say it, boring game. So, poor Stormy Bonatoni, who's out there right now on the sidelines, watching what is transpiring as a sideline reporter, uh, absolutely abysmal. In game total right now, 30.5, and, a half and uh, Toledo a 3.5 point favorite. Over at BetMGM. So Kansas State has the ball. Return is down to the 30 yard line. So K State will take over there. See if TCU can get things going. So let's talk about some uh, potential uh, hypotheticals here for some college football playoff matchups. I do think, and this is the general consensus, uh, that the only team that was playing for a spot in the college football playoff ranking or the college football playoff this weekend was USC, and they lost. So we're probably getting Ohio State in this thing. Now, where they are is the interesting part of where they're seeded, especially if TCU loses this game and is TCU the fourth seed and Ohio State leaps up to three, whatever it's going to be. Uh, but I would assume that there's a really good shot. Our top four are Georgia, Michigan, TCU, and Ohio State. Having said that, where some of these numbers end up and what these matchups are going to be pretty interesting, we were talking about this off the air. Our guy, Matt Grill, over at DraftKings uh, gave out earlier this week. Um, uh, give me the show again, Elliot, so we can give it full credit. So we live that tonight. Thank you very much. You can go back and watch it. Um, Michigan minus 8 over TCU, a hypothetical line there if TCU would grab that third seed, which seems to be a possibility. I would. You and I both kind of threw, looked at that and said, not the grill there's nobody's talking about. I would assume that if that is the number that closes higher and that Michigan gets bet up in a matchup against TCU, given the market's uh, willingness to go up against TCU, and I wouldn't be surprised to see if that does open 8, that that closes higher at about the range of 10 or maybe even higher. Uh, and I think you agree with me there, right, if that's our line in that semifinal matchup?
5: Yeah, I kind of would think that this would go more toward 10 because when you're TCU and you're playing in these types of games where you're just trailing and needing last-second heroics, like Michigan's not going to let you get away with that. They're not going to keep stringing you along and keep you in the game in that stage. This is a team that has been in this spot now where this is nuanced territory for the Horn Frogs. So y- you got to go on the side of Michigan there. You got to think that the betting market will respect them a little <laughs> bit more than TCU, considering TCU has been respected in any game, JVT. So now going against what uh, apparently is the darling team in the Michigan Wolverines, I envision if it were to open up eight, that it would take up the double digits.
4: Uh, you heard my <laughs> uh Travius Hodges Tomlinson uh, looked like almost dropped an interception. Will Howard was trying to find his tight end, send it, and uh, that is going to be incomplete. So a second and 10 TCU potentially had their hands on what would have been a turnover, but Kansas State lives to see another day here. So they have a second and 10 on their own 40-yard line. So I would say, yeah, that's going to be the case. Michigan closing uh, as an eight-point underdog or excuse be eight-point favorite will, will potentially, I think, would be higher. Now, I, what is interesting, too, you and I were talking about this very early in the show off the air, I think a lot of people would be surprised, Andy, if that we somehow get that Michigan and Ohio State matchup, which I would assume more likely is going to be in a national championship game as opposed to a semifinal. I could be wrong. That Michigan is going to be an underdog again in that matchup.
5: See, that that's interesting. And, and I kind of overreacted at first when she kind of laid it out to me. I was like, all right, yeah, I understand. But, man, I guess we'll see how much recency bias plays into effect. But, again, seldom do you get to play a team twice in college football. And when it's as big of a stage as it's going to be, and it always is a big stage with Ohio State and Michigan, uh, yeah, I, I guess you expect them to bounce back. I think this is really going to call into question what kind of coach Ryan Day is and what kind of adjustments he can make if this matchup were to happen. Because, you know, JBT, there were no adjustments in the second half, and Harbaugh really looked like he was the superior coach in that game. So, I don't know, maybe it'd be close to a pick I know you were thinking maybe under a field goal. I wouldn't be surprised if Michigan Jesus TCU just allowing to <laughs> get the first down so, that's killer.
4: Really uh, quickly, could you mention that play? So Will Howard, for those who aren't watching and listening to us, wherever you're going or watching, we thank you first off. Uh, but Will Howard gets pushed out of the pocket, rolls to his right. There's like three defenders in hot pursuit of him, but he ends up getting a first down just by like a yard, maybe even if that. But if they, I don't know if you saw the replay just now. It was a great a wide receiver for Kansas State just laid a tiny little pop with his shoulder into a wide receiver, excuse me, for a defensive back mm-hmm. for TCU, and he stumbled into a dude who probably would have met Will Howard like right at the line, if not maybe a little bit before the sticks, and ultimately he gets the first down because of it. But the little nuances of this play. But anyway, yeah. uh, continue on. You're talking about um, Ohio State, Michigan, and Michigan, I would say, opening as an underdog. We'll put it that way, against Ohio State yeah. in the rematch.
5: Yeah, and really quick, I feel like Howard's due to have a mistake here. There's been like three plays where it's almost been an interception. Yeah. So for our sake, uh, let's hope that comes to fruition. But yeah, so um, I wouldn't be shocked if it's right at a pick um and then you kind of ask yourself, well, where's the movement going to go? I, I, this is so tough. If you would have asked me before that Michigan-Ohio State game, I would be all over Ohio State as I was from the in-game angle when they played last week. But I, I don't know, what do you think of this? questioning of ryan day i mean of course he inherited a great team uh, a great situation at ohio state but he hasn't done anything insane in terms of you know winning a championship right and and overcoming these adjustments when a team has met their talent like michigan has
4: well i think a lot of people overreact because he's one and two against against michigan right and that's like the big deal when it comes to ohio state and we'll have more on this because i got thoughts on like the power rating and laying out why this would happen for Ohio State. But I think that's part of it. I also think there's a physicality that is lacking for Ohio State a little bit there. Yes. So, And we've seen that kind of play out in a couple of those games against Michigan, specifically uh, the last two. Fourth and one for K-State. They go for it. They actually get it by running up the middle of this time. They haven't had a lot of success running between the tackles, but they're sticking with it, and right now they at least have success there. So first and 10 from about the TCU, call it 35 or 40-yard line. We'll give you up-to-date, of course, as this is coming down to the wire in the Big 12 championship game. On the other side, we'll also expand a little bit more on what these hypothetical lines might look like in a college football playoff and why exactly Ohio State still would be a favorite over Michigan despite getting smacked at home by the Wolverines.
3: And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
4: This is Live Bet Saturday on v the sports betting network. Welcome back, everybody. Live Bet Saturday. A reminder that even a wager that misses can still be a slam dunk with BetMGM, an authorized gaming partner of the NBA. Place an NBA one-game parlay wager with four legs or more, and if you miss one leg, you receive up to $25 back. Just opt into this promotion on BetMGM's app or website. With one-game parlay, you can make selections within a single NBA game, including team and player props. So go ahead. Take your favorite NBA star under his point total. Have the home team fail to cover and take the under in points for the game. Yes, and with one game of parlay wagers of four legs or more, you'll get up to 25 bucks back if you miss one leg. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Got to be 21 years of age or older to wager. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued. It's not withdrawable. Free bets or site credit. Free bets expire in seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. And if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. promotional offer not available in Mississippi, Nevada, or New York. I will say, because the script says to, uh, you know, say, hey, man, bet on your favorite player over and all this stuff. It's not fun betting unders in the NBA. Just tell you that much. And and I bet under a game today that had a total of 233 at the time. So you know it's going to be extremely stressful watching bucket after bucket go in. And uh, my favorite is when teams shoot like 67% from the floor in the first quarter. You're like, okay, here we go. This is going to be great. You're going to go down in flames. All right, Danny. So what are we thinking? What's the confidence level like? Uh, TCU... We were uh, on break. A big play by, I think it was D. Winters for TCU. Sacks Will Howard down at the uh, call it TCU 45 yard line. K State punts this thing away, eats up some clock on a 12 play. How about this? It was a 12 play, 27 yard drive for (laughs) for Kansas State just now that burned up six minutes and 43 seconds. Ultimately ended in a punt. And TCU has the ball back now down 21 17. Confidence level here because now you're starting to see the plays being made, right? Horned Frog. Muff punt recovery that leads to a touchdown. You get a stop on a drive that looked pretty promising. You're getting it done, and you get a big plate downfield. Johnston's down to the 30-yard line of TC or Kansas State. This is where it begins, my friend.
5: That's right. The dominoes falling into place. For a vintage TCU second half performance, all while let's be honest, uh, you and I were a tad bit nervous after that first Never. touchdown came about with Kansas State, but after that muff fun baby, that's just what uh that's just what TCU needed. And it's huge too. Talk about that not being placed on the one yard line, that it was a touchback, yep. and then you get to play right out of the gate. Uh same player had that fumble Ooh. earlier, I believe. So uh your boy Duggan looks like he took a shot though.
4: Uh yeah, he looks like got the the air knocked out of him at the very least, because that was uh quite the blow. Uh, but he looks like he is uh, going to effort, you know, fight through this thing. Because he's a he's a champion, my friend. And uh, he is right. a potential Heisman candidate. Although he did not win the, preseason, the job in the preseason, which is always very interesting. Uh, but <laughs> here he is. That was a big play, man. Johnston just broke from coverage. And it's actually... So Duggan kind of threw it. Like, it was one-on-one coverage again. But he threw it well inside. Because Johnston was all the way on the sideline. Yeah. So he just broke in and took a ball that was thrown on the inside. Essentially, like, right outside the hash mark. And uh, uh, Quentin Johnston, I should say, took that in. So four receptions, 139 yards for Johnston. Some big plays for him here today, obviously, if you have nearly 140 yards on four receptions. And TCU on a, uh, looked like a read option, or excuse me, yeah, looked like a a run pass option, RPO, well behind the receiver there. So Duggan again, some mistakes, because it looked like he had his guy in some separation on a little bit of a quick slant, but throws it behind him there, Danny.
5: It's frustrating because you're killing all the momentum when yep. you kind of have these easy plays that you should be able to lock down. And it's just so frustrating to see that why they can't consistently keep this movement going unless it was, you know, kind of from um from that month fund where you didn't have that much yardage to work with. But you can't just solely rely on these huge plays, just chucking it up there and hoping for the best. I I like the play call with these slants because this is more of the shorter passing type of plays that you saw at the end of the first half. But you're right. You just got to have a better throw.
4: Uh, So he goes up for Johnston again into the end zone. Again, they're just willing to go one-on-one with Johnston here. Uh, But this time, while it falls incomplete, he's going to get a pass interference call, it seems. So this that's is what, fr- they're yeah, that's what they're hoping for. Yeah, that's what they're hoping. You never will. I mean, they are, to give them some credit, I guess, like K-State is holding up on this, but it was just like a simple out-and-go con- like route concept, it seemed, and they were just like, screw it, let's put it up for Johnson one more time. That should be P.I., though. Watching that, he is he's getting pulled down before even chances he has a chance to go with the ball. So this is going to be a first down TCU, it's official, pass interference on Kansas State. And uh, I don't know where they were. I think this might be a first-and-goal. Um, so we'll double-check on that. But fresh set of downs for TC, regardless, and now it's starting to really break in their favor. Like, all of the things that were not going well, missed kicks, things like that, are uh, fumbles, right, on big plays, are starting to swing back in the other direction. In-game-wise... Again, as this changes, we'll keep you up to date. But I would assume TCU, for those uh, spots that update this on a play-to-play basis, TCU is probably going to be an in-game favorite here with a first and 10 right at the 11-yard line. So essentially a goal to go. They have a chance to get a fresh set of downs if they so choose, but that's going to be a little tough to do. And Duggan is not going to get back past the line of scrimmage. Somewhat interesting for two reasons. One, uh, Duggan's mobility hasn't really been there for them in this game. Uh, from a rushing standpoint, yardage-wise, Duggan so far eight carries for 10 yards. Also on that play, Danny, because I I don't know if you're watching it right now, not sure if he was down. Uh, He got pulled down by Clifton for Kansas State, and he rolled over his body. I thought he was still up, and so did Duggan, but ultimately, not the case. And uh, very, very upset TCU fans, as is Sonny Dykes, but why would you not be? So, did you see it? You think he was down?
5: It didn't look like it in real time. Maybe his forearm might have touched is the only thing, but... That is, I mean, this, this happens a lot, honestly, in football, and sometimes the players acknowledge it, and sometimes they don't. Eh, his knee looked like it might have scraped. So it was probably a good call. But, yeah, a lot of times the refs blow that immediately. Um, but, yeah, let's see if they could capitalize here. You can't settle for the field goal. That's the biggest thing. And I know it's not the worst thing in the world, but, again, you're TCU, you're a team that needs to push it in the end zone when you've been struggling to get to this side of the field. So you've got to take advantage of the opportunities while you have it.
4: Who's side are you on, Danny? All right, he was up. He was not down. Absolutely ridiculous. All right, you're right. I'm dumb. He was not down. Terrible call. What Come are we on. doing? Yeah, what are we doing? Come <laughs> on, man. We're, we're, we're rooting for the same thing here. You got to put the energy <laughs> out there. Uh, all right, with that, we got games later today, and we have opinions on them. Uh, we'll give you the floor first because uh, we share a play in one, but we do not in another. It's not like I'm against you, uh, but you've got something in this ACC championship game.
5: Yeah, so I played over 63. I just think it's going to be a high-scoring affair when you have a terrible defense like North Carolina. And I get that Drake May has not looked like his usual form that we were accustomed to in pretty much the majority of the season. The last two games have not been pretty. But it's just he kind of let it all hang loose in this conference championship game. And Clemson's defense certainly has had its issues, haven't necessarily lived up to the hype. And DJU has had some frustrations. But if there's a game where he can look great, it's going to be against his Tar Heels defense. That should be ashamed, honestly, every time they've taken the field because of the fact that they've just been this bad is remarkable. So, again, uh, it's going to be a higher scoring back and forth affair. I would gravitate toward taking the points with North Carolina, but they'll probably find a way to lose it in the end. I think it does probably land on a touchdown, though, but it's a little scary to have to fully go there. So, again, I just like the total. Uh, You got two good quarterbacks who can make the most of these situations, and it it just has the feelings of one of those unique games where it's going to be a disgusting blowout, and the proof has been in the pudding this entire season for both teams. So I like the over 63. That's what I played. I still played at 63 in the hook. Uh, The other game that I had then is Purdue taking 17, against michigan the numbers now at 16 and a half so i'd probably wait till you get a better in-game number if you can assume that michigan gets out early in this game i wouldn't be shocked if this thing picks up the 20 and then perhaps you could jump in with purdue but you know, Matt humans was telling me, and he's a Purdue guy, he put it best. I mean, I, you've got nothing to lose here. You're playing with house money if you're the Boilermakers. Let all the tricks out of the bag. Jeff Brom has thrived in this role. That doesn't mean he's going to win outright, but at least gives them a puncher's chance. Aiden O'Connell, a good enough quarterback to throw it downfield and at least give them a chance to either keep it within covering distance or open up the back door late in the game. So because of how high of a spread it was, Michigan knowing they are in the playoff, I think that gives a slight advantage to Purdue catching so many points.
4: I like the visual of North Carolina players just feeling immense shame for walking onto the football field to play defense. Well, I mean,
5: like you're going around campus and you, it's just like, how do you feel good about yourself? Yeah. How poorly you've played
4: defensively.
5: I <laughs> always think about that too when players have like a terrible game, like just horrid. Like you can't walk around campus feeling good about yourself, right? They're, they're and that's walking every into game for North Carolina's
4: defense. They're walking into Anthropology 201 and they're just yeah. like, kids are just like, boo! <laughs> exactly yeah <laughs> <all> these defensive <laughs> players uh i would love it uh all right yeah for me yeah we share the same play there uh with purdue and uh, everything you mentioned braum has a really good track record in these games and like you said do i expect him to improve to four and zero against top three teams in the country no but when you're talking about catching that number of 17 with the ability to throw the ball on a fast track indoors that benefits a team like purdue I think that that's a favorable situation and a favorable number to bet into. And uh, look, the market agrees Is actually off of that number and well off of it actually at about 16. So it doesn't seem that there's a rush to push that back up to the 17. And uh, also, wish me luck. I got this Fresno State to win the Mountain West title yes, at 3-1 to one ticket. Uh, and they'll be taking on Boise State here in the next, uh, just over an hour from now. And by the way, speaking of that game, a big thank you to Tim Brando, who was on that call for today, who joined us a little bit earlier. Last updates before we hand it off to the rest of the crew for Live Bet Saturday. Toledo is taking a 17-7 lead in the MAC championship game 10-30 left to go in the fourth quarter there and 21-17 TCU uh, trails Freudian slip hopefully uh, Kansas State as the fourth quarter begins in this matchup Horn Frogs going into the fourth do have a third and ten or third and seven I should say Kansas State eight yard line Danny always good to talk to you buddy we'll talk to you next week we'll be talking national championship and bowl games and much more Live well, bet Saturday rolls on here on v the Sports Betting Network have a good weekend everybody